in a world where standing six feet apart is recommended, Podcasticon rose from the ashes in January of 2021 for the first audio-only pop culture convention. Well, fear not. This summer, Retrofied Magazine and Podcasticon present Blockbuster, a one-day-only convention where guests and podcast hosts come together to talk about the movies and experiences that we all love. There will be panels about blockbuster movies and even a parade. Follow at PodcastCon on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to PodcastCon on all podcasting platforms. Retrofied Magazine and PodcastCon present Blockbuster on July 3rd, 2021. The one-day audio-only pop culture convention to end all one-day audio-only pop culture conventions. Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, yeah, Breaker and Bane's power hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation. Oh no, the most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters. Put in the stake in the shower, break a rim, big power hour. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound. It's episode 381 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Of course, I am Brian Breaker, and joining me as always, Big underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. Episode 381, we are 19 away from 400. Yes. The countdown begins. Oh, yeah. Because that's the number we were getting to. I feel like 500 is a bigger number, but that's like three years from now. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time. That's a very long time. Very long time to be doing this show, for yes. sure. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot of wrestling talk. We got some movie talk. We got quite a bit of toy talk. And then, of course, uh, PHPW is coming in, coming at you pretty fast. Yeah. I don't think we have... Have we announced all the matches? We've announced all the matches. So this week, we'll just kind of be doing a little rundown. A rundown. Yeah, I need that rundown. I need that rundown. Yeah. Um, like, when you say that, what kind of rundown are you saying? Just your standard rundown. Break okay. Down. Just keep it simple, right? Just keep it simple. <laughs> uh, okay. And then, of course, we are officially going to announce the uh, members of our tournament. The yes. best fictional professional wrestler. This is going to be super fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be good. I think it's a it's a great idea for a tournament, and uh, you know, um, very different than what we've done before. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. it's a good idea for my buddy Daniel Cross. But man, we got a pretty full board this week. We do, yeah. And so I think it's probably time we dive into that wrestling talk. Then let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break. 
cracking them, buying energies, listen to me, you two sons of bitches, get ready to talk wrestling, stone cold out, oh hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Well, Big Underscore Bane, uh, we've, this is the most topical thing we've got to bring up, the WWE zombies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest WWE fan right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a huge WWE apologist, I don't feel like. I'm more of an AEW apologist, I will admit that. Sure. Because I, I feel like I identify with them a bit more. Um, but I've I've said for a while, especially as the COVID era, you know, considering like, you know, no live fans and things of that nature and trying to do the Thunderdome and trying to do things outside the box. I'm like, sometimes you have to try stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is it. No, but basically if anyone doesn't know it's pay-per-view at WrestleMania backlash, they had a lumberjack match with Damian priest and the Miz and all the lumberjacks were zombies. Yes. I didn't know that that was going to be a thing. I don't know if anyone knew that, but I don't know, man. This this felt like a big, big miss to me. This was a crossover event with Dave Batista because Dave Batista has a new Netflix show that is involving zombies. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of those things where it is a strictly business move and has nothing to do with the fans. And that's all it really amounts to. It's it, They probably knew going into it this is going to be bad, but like, we're yeah. going to do it. But okay, and, I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But you can't sit there and make documentaries about how yeah, WCW had RoboCop and that sucked. Right. And then you do the same shit several right. years later and, sure. tr- and try to be like, oh no, this is good. Yeah, but I, I mean, I enjoyed RoboCop. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and I get RoboCop and Sting give me that all day. <laughs> and the the Arn Anderson backing away from <laughs> yes. him, like, good lord. Yeah, I don't know. This is such a weird thing to me because I, I on one hand, it's like, oh, you can't take wrestling too seriously, but then. Weeks before that, there have people, you know, because Jericho made a tweet. I'm sure you saw, like, zombies, you set the business back 30 years because that's what they said about sure. blood and guts. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, I mean. You know what set the business back 30 years? The fans. Yeah. That's what set the business back 30 years. I don't think blood and guts or zombies did that. I mean, there's always been campy, stupid shit in wrestling since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I zombies, yeah, it's a miss for me. But I said it last year with... Uh, you know, the horror show at Extreme Rules, and I'll say it with this. Why wasn't this in October? Right. Like, like why wasn't this like a Halloween special? Right. I'd be fine with zombies at a Halloween pay-per-view. Like, go for it. But in, in the middle of uh, May, a little bizarre. Why is it always this time of year? I don't know. Because it wasn't Extreme Rules last year yeah. around this time? Yeah. it was. I think, I think Extreme Rules was June, maybe. But pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. Is it just that mid-year where, like, we got to do something? Yeah, we like, got we got to do something a little spooky. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a weird thing because I think I think on some level with wrestling, where most people are now like not they're not looking at this and like this has got to be one hundred percent real, right? And AEW does like musical numbers and all this other mm-hmm. goofy stuff, and so it's it's all goofy. I'm not yeah. I'm not defending either side, but I don't. I wonder when you do something like this, do you think like this is going to be a hit? Or is it just to get people talking, like me and you it's, talking right now? It's the same reason why AEW had a mimosa match. Yeah. Like, that's not good shit. No. <laughs> it's just to get people talking. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, that, that's all it equates to. I thought the match was fun because the, there was even a little part in there where uh, Damien Priest and The Miz started, like, stop fighting each other and teamed up to fight the zombies. 
And then, you know, like Miz tried to high five him after the fact. And that's when Damian Priest like went after him again. And then John Morrison came out there and he got eaten by zombies. And then the Miz got eaten by, I mean, it was just ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was stupid, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I feel like it's like you compared it to the Mimosa match. I feel like there's a little bit more for me to wrap my head around that than this. Well, yeah, because mimosas are real, zombies aren't. Well, yeah, well, and I, well, <laughs> yes, but it's like okay, the Undertaker because I saw MVPs like, oh, zombies in the WWE that'll never work. Oh, the the Undertaker was a zombie essentially, right? But as a character, but it's like he did casket matches and all this other stuff. He and died numerous times and buried alive yeah. matches and all this stuff. But I, I never, it, it felt different than this. Like so, the zombie. I didn't actually watch it. I will admit that. Yeah. But the zombies were eating the Miz and Morrison. Yeah, Morrison got eaten first. The Miz got eaten at the end of the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't stupid. It was right. totally stupid. But I think it's one of those things where, like, but it's what, just meant to be fun. But would it have been differently if it wasn't featured as a pay-per-view match? And maybe it was some type of network special. Hey, we're doing a co-presentation with whatever this new show is. Of course, yeah. And then... If it's it like, was a zombie night, WWE zombie night or something, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I think that they just were like, well, we have to cross-promote with this this show. So, I mean, we're going to do it this way. I mean, even Batista was like, hell, I didn't book this shit, you know? <laughs> and so it's... Right, because people were mad at him, right? Right. And so he's like, I didn't... I was on a plane when this happened. This isn't my fault. And Yeah. Because well, I guess, didn't he do, like, the voiceover at the beginning of the show? Right. And, and you know, again, it's, it's his show that they were cross-promoting. So, like, it's... But it's one of those things, again, like, it's just... It's meant to be fun. But, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree with MVP's point about, like, well, we had Undertaker. He was basically a zombie. We also had, you know, uh, uh, the fiend right now, who's a supernatural, literal demon mm-hmm. walking around. I mean, it's there's who a, was burned alive back right, in October and yeah. came back. Yeah, and I mean, we literally have had these things all throughout wrestling. Papa Shango was a voodoo master. We've had an effing pirate for a short period of yeah. time. I mean, we've actually had two pirates. Two. We had Paul Burchill, and then we had Jean Pierre Lafitte. Ah, you're right. Yes. Uh, so uh, and and remember, John Pierre Lafitte had a few with Bret Hart because he stole his jacket. Yes, I do. Remember. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like that. That's. I mean, so I get what you're saying. Wrestling can be whatever the hell it wants to be. Right. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be just this one thing. But doesn't them eating Miz and Morrison seem a little bit over the top? More so than it's anything lucha else? underground for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know, and so. Like I said, I, I am all about trying stuff. I just don't. This doesn't seem like WWE to me. Like, I feel like if AEW did this, more people would be a little bit more lax because it's like, eh, okay. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like WWE doing it. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And <laughs> and that's where I feel like it's like, okay, you can't bash them doing their own version of war games mm-hmm. and say you're setting the business 30 backs and then 30 years and then two weeks later you're doing okay. do you zombies. Re- do you remember in the I know you do, when when WCW came out with all this realistic wrestling and then WWE was like, well, damn it, we got to stop doing characters and do realistic wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's kind of essentially what they're trying to do now. Like AEW's doing all this goofy shit, getting away with it. Maybe we need to start doing goofy shit to see if we can get away with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like when you're talking about when WWE did away with like the occupations. Right. And, and started doing like real characters and things like that. And I mean, 
AEW can do musical numbers, have mimosa matches, have have all this ridiculous shit. You know, I mean, why can't WWE do it? I think they can. I think the issue is that they haven't before, so it's it's viewed differently. Maybe, right. of course, yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, like you you look at um, so I'm, I'm rewatching The Office as we mm-hmm. touch on all the time, and so I just finished season eight, which is when or. David Wallace yep. buys back Dunder Mifflin from Saber. Yep. And that's kind of the end of Robert California. Yeah. I think James Spader is amazing as Robert California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. But there's something about that whole storyline that doesn't really fit with The Office to me. Is that is that not accurate to you? It's a different show. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden like the things that he's doing and, and some of the decisions they make from a storytelling perspective are like, what? Like, yeah. that's weird. Like why would they? It becomes a little bit more over the top than, than what it was. Mm-hmm. And not that the show's not bad, but you're invested in the characters at this point, mm-hmm. so you're into it and you're you're fine with it. That's where this to me comes across as a little bit like, okay, you're doing a zombie match. Yeah. Why? Like mimosa, okay, <clears throat> orange juice and champagne, of course. Okay, a little, little bit of the bubbly and orange Cassidy. I get it. Right. And not to say that it's not ridiculous. Right. But it also, too, it's a pretty easy, you know, you knock your opponent into the mimosa. Yes. Okay. It's like a dunk tank match. It's not, right. it's not creative. It's, I mean, it's not that creative. It's not like, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. But it's a little, it's a little bit different because like, do the Miz and Morrison just come back out on TV? Like, we're good now, even though we got eight by zombies. Right. And that, maybe that's me trying to make sense of something that can't make sense. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. I you guess you literally have to look at it like it's a one-off. Yeah, it's, it's non-canon. You know, <laughs> it's 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 just it's just a ridiculous thing that happened. And I mean, it's like Kenny dying in South Park. Yes, or then, Adam Cole dying and being the elite. Right. Yeah, <laughs> he's not actually dead. And maybe that's what we were going. I don't know. <laughs> right. And so, but again, that's a YouTube show that I never take ever took seriously. Right. Not that I don't. It's not that I take wrestling seriously. Right. But part of this is just like, wait, what? What's 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 happening here? Like, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just a, a weird thing. I totally get why everybody's all like been out of shape about this this match. But at the same time, I just, I I don't care enough, and I don't hold WWE to some like pedestal to where when they do something stupid like this, I'm I'm pissed off about it. It's right. Like, yeah. This is par for the course for WWE. Yeah. And also, too, you mentioned The Office. I mean, in season eight and nine, they had completely different writers than they did earlier seasons. Which and, shows. And right. And so WWE, they shuffle through writers, you know, I mean, really quickly. So it's pretty, I mean, it would be, you know, pretty obvious that they probably had different writers, you know. Well, and I think it's it's part of like Triple H and Kane have this feud. Yeah, and you're like, I'm fine with that. I like both guys. I think they can have a great feud, but it's all about necrophilia, right? That's a little and Triple H hums a dead body, wearing a cane mask. Yes, it, it, very strange. Yeah, and like it's like, well, why would why would they bring this up? And, and not to mention, like, if we're basing this off of you know who Kane was, right? And like he in storyline, he's like, oh yeah, we were at a party and this and that. It's like, well, wasn't Kane burned alive almost? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why would he be pissed off? And why be is he at having a party? Why, 
<laughs> is he wearing his mask at the right. party? Like, what's he like, doing? Well, yeah, I mean, the, you don't you don't get much teenage dinks when you're at a party. I mean, well, yeah, and and that's the, and that's the weird part about it was like so. This is 1992, so five years before he decided to come attack his brother, right? And you know, reunite with Paul Bearer <laughs> and use a voice box. I, I don't. So right. it's very strange because it's like, huh. That's yeah. not good. Yeah. But WWE, I feel like, is far and away like, yeah, we know that that's, that sucks. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's this. Though they're like, eh, we got to try stuff. I don't know. Well, and also, too, they probably got paid pretty handsomely to do something this stupid. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it, it kind of like my original point, this wasn't for the fans. This was to, you know, pay some of the people in the back. Yeah. You know, that's all this match was for. And so, I don't know. Strange. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard, it's hard to dissect, but WWE zombies and now that toy line all all makes sense. Absolutely, <laughs> and see if it was promoting that toy line. I bet I bet most people would be like, okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like oh, it's like maximum sweat. They actually sweat. Right. It's, it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Godfather is going to be the next guest on Broken Skull Sessions. What do you think about that, man? I am totally cool with that. Um, I I'm a big. Uh, Big fan of the uh, Godfather, Papa Shango, you know, Kama Mustafa. Big fan of that man, so uh, I'll be all about it. He's a, he's a pretty fun guy to hear hear talk. So, and it's such a long career. Yes, you know, like you mentioned, all his characters. I mean, but even Austin's told stories about wrestling him back in like USWA. So yeah. they go back a long way. So I think he's actually a really good guest. Yeah. So I think, but I also think that that's that's unique because it's easy to. It would be easy for Austin to always go back to the guest he always has. Absolutely. And I think it's really cool that he's starting to kind of like Randy Orton, Jericho. Yeah. You know, the Godfather. Like, I I dig that. I think it's cool to get some guys on there that are that are not um, what you expect. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all about that. AEW has made a lot of news. Uh, Apparently in 2022 going to TBS. Yeah. Um, I have heard a lot of people like, oh, that's a terrible move. But apparently TBS is in like a lot more homes. It's basic cable. It's not premium cable like TNT is. So smarter move, I think, yes. to get your product out there more. Um, also, four quarterly live specials, mm-hmm. a la the Clash of the Champions. Yes. I think that's a cool idea. I've actually wanted live specials for a long time. It's kind of like a pay-per-view without being a pay-per-view. Right. Um, I will say this, though. I, I am kind of I, – I do kind of agree TBS feels like a demotion. It, it does, but I, but I think with it being in more homes, <clears throat> um, it's a better move. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, but TBS, I mean, has always kind of been, it kind of goes back to the roots though, you know, like NWA was on TBS and things like that. So, I mean, I, I, I get why, why it's cool, but you know, when I think of TBS, I think of Thunder and nobody gave a shit about Thunder. True. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's why it makes me feel like it's a demotion, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I think it's cool, but they're also getting uh, a second show. Yeah, Rampage. Yes, it's gonna be a one-hour show, I believe, on T- TBS as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's actually gonna go to TNT for the rest of this year, whenever it starts, which will only right. be like four or five months. I think it'll be yeah. on TNT, but and then both shows will go to TBS. Yeah, so it's very, very, very cool. I think good, good move for them. I think the live specials will be cool. Like, I know I've always it always kind of disappointed me when they're like this week on Dynamite's Fight for the Fall, and it's like that needs to be its own show, right? I think so. I think this will. If they're able to do that, like, because I know they're in a Bash of the Beach special. Yep. But if they're able to make that its own thing, I think that will be a lot better. 
<coughs> I'm hoping that they actually get a set name, kind of like Clash of the Champions was always Clash of the Champions. Absolutely. I'd like for them to get a set name for these specials, you know, instead of it being like the Fight for the Fallen or like, hey, we're having, you know, uh, full gear this this quarter. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, here's a question I have. When they move to TBS, what happens to the TNT title? Apparently it's staying in the TNT title. That's what I'm hearing. Because I think it should just go to the TV title. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably should have been that all along. Yeah. Considering that um, it's – if they ever change networks. Yeah. That would be it'd be weird to like if like WWE had the Spike TV title and they right. went back to the USA Network, right? And and now they are changing networks. I mean, it's still the same you know company, S- same company, but different but, network. Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of to me like, I, and I've always found this weird when it's like the TNT title is going to be defended at Double or Nothing, but that's not on TNT. It's right. on pay per view. Right. Probably doesn't matter to that much really, but but even the first TNT champion, which was Cody, that was crowned on pay per view. Right. Not on TNT. So right. it's a little something that I think kind of needs to be um, thought over maybe a little bit. Yeah, I kind of agree. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, back to that Rampage show. They said that was going to be, like, equivalent to – it's not going to be a secondary show. It's going to be a partnership, you know, with Dynamite. So that's good that they're not going to – I mean, they say that. We'll see how it pans out. But, mm-hmm. you know, so far they said they're not going to treat it like a secondary show. Oh, cool. So that's that's good. I, I think, you know, Elevation, Dark Elevation, Dynamite, it's a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've always said I don't think the answer is ever going to be, hey, we need more wrestling. Right. But – Maybe it's not the worst idea. It gets guys on the card. So well, and Tony Khan said that that the elevation in the dark was for the enhancement talent to kind of get them more, you know, in ring time and get them, you know, kind of exposed to the crowd and things like that. Absolutely, so I, I think it's smart. I mean, it's kind of like their own version of NXT or main event or whatever the hell you want to call it. And so, and, and guys like Will Hobbs, I think, benefited from that. Absolutely, getting seen and like, oh, there's some we can do something with this guy. And there's a few other guys. I, I know some of the the uh, guys with QT Marshall were yeah. working a lot on dark, and so. If he gets guys an opportunity, that's great. He's got that guy, QT Marshall. Uh, he's got that guy who just looks like a damn bear. He's that Nick Camarado, jacked and got the crazy ass hair. Yep, man, he's he's something. Right, but again, that's cool that like he because he got those opportunities. Yeah. to show what he could do, and then it's like, yeah, we're gonna bring you along. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I dig it. Uh, Double or nothing. They um, they've announced the full card. Stings in action again. I didn't even make note of this, but that's kind of interesting. That is. Who's the, who's the in action? Him against? and Darby Allen going up against All Ego, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. Okay. Huh. Is there? I mean, is there any kind of reason for that? I mean, I haven't watched the the product honestly, so I can't tell you if there's an actual reason for the match other than it's a tag match. But I mean, it's kind of cool to see Sting wrestling again. He seemed he looked good in the uh, the last match he had, so maybe this will be kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the main event will be Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac in a three-way for the, the AEW title. Okay. Hakura Shida and Dr. Britt Baker for the women's title. Cody Rhodes working as the American Dream, which is still a weird one to me, yep. versus Anthony Agogo, who's that former pro boxer that's been taking people out with the old gut punch. Kind of a weird move. That's but his finisher? Yeah. The gut punch? Yeah, okay. it's like it's like a kidney punch, I think. I mean, I'm not saying that that wouldn't hurt like hell and probably knock me senseless, but it's kind of a weird wrestling finisher. It definitely is. Um, we got a Casino Battle Royal uh, number one contenders match. It seems like there's always one of these on every uh, on every show. I don't hate this. 
They've announced 20 of the participants. The only one not announced is the 21st. Do we? Do you feel like there could be a surprise here? Maybe. There's no one that comes to mind that would be mind-blowing. There's no one that comes to mind to be mind-blowing, but one that I think – I think who's here's who I think it'll be. Paul White. Okay. I mean, that, that's mind-blowing, but he's the only one I could think of. It's like – yeah. If you're not going to announce a guy, it's got to be something that's like... Ooh, what if it's Alexander Wolf? I think he's still under... Um, he's he's soon going to be released, like his contract expires. But not till mid-June. When's Double or Nothing? Late May. Oh, okay, never mind. Never mind, then. Um, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. The TNT title, Miro versus Lance Archer. Another stadium stampede with the uh, inner circle and the pinnacle. And if the inner circle loses, they must disband. Okay. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And then, of course, the tag titles, the Young Bucks against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. So pretty solid card, I feel like. I'm just kind of curious who that last guy is in that battle royal. I don't want to, like, build that up like I want to be disappointed, but, you know, kind of makes you wonder. And, you know, with how the, uh, what do they call it, the end of the contract, the uh, no-compete clause works. Right. Like, you kind of start thinking, like, ooh, what if it was Samoa Joe? Ooh, what if, you know, but I feel like Paul White's the most logical choice because he actually hasn't debuted in the ring yet. Yeah. And it would make sense for him to be in a battle royal. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, I... What if he was? What if he came out as Captain Insano? I mean, they got the name trademarked. Why that, the hell not? That would be cool. Maybe maybe he's Paul White on commentary, but when he's in that ring, he's Captain Insano. Dude, uh, <laughs> I would pop for that. Yeah, that would be amazing. There's not a whole lot that makes me want to buy a like Paul White action figure, but I would buy a Captain Insano in a heartbeat. Like, it's it's almost like like he's trying to say, like, well, we're two different guys. It's not me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Puts on a wig of the long right. hair. <laughs> he has a water boy. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. That would be fun. Um, also, NXT makes a lot of releases this week, man. Most yes. notably being uh, Jake Drake, I think Drake Wirtz is his real name, or Drake Younger, as he was known on the Independence, and then mm-hmm. uh, Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream, um, I guess maybe shocking yet not shocking. He's had a lot of personal issues that have kind of made people wonder why he was still there. And I felt like WWE tried to sweep a lot under the rug. Yep. And uh, eventually just opted to part ways. Probably the smartest move they should have done months ago, though. Yeah. They. Um Finally took those dewormers and got rid of the parasites. You know that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. Yeah, at um, least with those two guys. I don't know who the rest of them are. Drake Younger, I've never, I've never met. From everything I've always heard from him is he was just a super great guy. Mm-hmm. But apparently he's kind of been a little bit uh, went off the rails. A little bit, maybe. Yeah, went on those uh, crazy ass conspiracy theories and kind of pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, apparently getting actually almost violent with people, which is a bit much. It's a bit much. And doing that at work even, you know. Yeah, which, I mean, you and I both said we're, you know, believe whatever you want to believe, think whatever you want to think, do whatever you want to do. But, like, eh, in my personal opinion, you can't can't be like that. Well, you can't can't attack someone in the workplace. Like, that's just not acceptable. You can't get in someone's face at at work. You just can't. But also, too, even being in WWE, you can't be that aggressive anyway right you know what i mean like you're like i mean i know he's just a ref but you're still like well known i mean you're kind of a face of the company you are representing the company you know i mean just can't be crazy yeah it's an unfortunate thing because i don't know if um if he's just i feel like with politics and we all i think a lot of people probably experienced this late last year during the election a lot of people got really wrapped up in it 
Oh yeah, it and was it, it was impossible not to. Yeah, and that's just one of those things where, like, I've always tried to make the the conscious effort of like this shows a uh, is a break from that, a break from reality. Like this is not about that. This is about fun. Mm-hmm. But this kind of being a topical thing, it's like I you need to I think sometimes take a step back. And there's certain things you can't control. Right. If someone chooses to get vaccinated or not, that's not something you personally can control. Mm-hmm. So like maybe don't bring that up to people. Right. Well, and I mean, like, here's like, here's the thing. So I, I, I just got vaccinated, like my first dose, like last a week ago today. And <clears throat> up until then, I wasn't anti-vax, but I was like, I just don't, I don't know if I'm in a big rush to go get it. Cause well, I, well, cause there's a lot a of, unanswer- there's a lot of unanswered questions too. Well, right. But I've, I've just never been a shots guy. I've never once gotten the flu shot. I mean, mm-hmm. I like, I've never really gotten shots. So I mean, I got a, I got a tetanus shot about eight years ago, but that's the last shot I've ever got, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's just one of those things where like, you know, I wasn't against it, but I wasn't really for it. And then, but you have all these people who are crazy about being anti-vaccination. And then you have all these people who are crazy about being pro and, and it's like just one of those weird things. And it's like, you have to be one side or the other. If you're riding the fence, then you're anti, you know? Yeah, and it's it, like, that's just not, it's well, not true. And I've, a lot of the people I work with have told me they got the first shot and they reacted so badly to it. They're like, I'm not doing a second. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot too. It's not my decision of like, hey, you have to get, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's not whether I say you have to or you don't. That's their decision. If that's yeah. what they want to do, that's their life, you know? Well, and like for me, I was fine with the first shot. I mean, the my shoulder was a little bit sore, but it was like I had worked out type of sore. And when I, and the, the guy I was talking to specifically, he told me he was sick for three days from it. Well, and I've, I've heard that happens with the second shot a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and especially because I got the Pfizer and from what I understand on the Pfizer is that it like dehydrates you really mm-hmm. bad. So you have to stay hydrated as like much as you can, or mm-hmm. that's when you do start getting sick. Yeah. And so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm up on the fourth for, uh, for my second dose. So we'll see if I get all kinds of effed up on that. <laughs> Maybe you'll get mutant abilities. Dude, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> if, I, if I can start like shooting out lightning bolts, like I'm damn Raiden, I'd be all about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, to kind of round out our wrestling news, we do have a bit of, of sad news here. We lost uh, we lost New Jack this past week. Yeah. And Don Carnoodle, I'm, you actually weren't even familiar with Don Carnoodle, but he was a big-time mid-Atlantic guy, you know, from mm-hmm. probably the late 70s, early 80s. Teamed a lot with Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. I know Ricky Steamboat had a lot of good things to say about him, but we lost both those uh, both those gentlemen this past week. Kind of crazy to think New Jack died, right? Yeah, it really is, man. And controversial but my god he left an imprint on this industry absolutely he did i mean he's 100 percent. he was one of the craziest pro wrestlers ever and I, there will never be another guy like new jack i think in my opinion a lot of new jack stuff is a work or was a work but oh I, yeah i think he was in his own way protecting the industry and protecting his character yeah because i think there's a big part of most of us who are like, man, I'm not going to mess with New Jack. You know? Well, and he's also, you know, he's got kids. You know what I mean? Like, he can't He's be, married. Yeah, he, he was he, married. Yeah, he can't be that that crazy yeah. and have a nice family. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I, I agree that it was probably a bit of a work. But, I mean, at the same time, a lot of those guys, um, you know, once you get in the ring, it's like real to them, you know? Sure. And so I don't know. I, I – I definitely, he's a guy that I wouldn't have messed with. I know that. Definitely not. But I mean, I think (laughs) New Jack will always go down on that list of like, like he, he was, he reminds me of ECW, you know, there's something, there's something special. And for a guy that I don't think was the most talented guy in the ring, 
he really made a legacy for himself. Absolutely. I mean, he got his own Dark Side of the Ring episode, and it's a good one, too. Yeah, I really enjoyed that episode. All right, well, you said we dive into a little bit of movie talk here. Let's do it. This is Breaker and Beta at the Movies. 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 All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? I'll tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane. How about the news that one of the, I think next year, they're going to make a DC animated original film based off of Injustice. Yes. Dude, this is a great, great storyline. I'm excited for them to make a movie. Yeah, you know, I was really, really hoping that we would um, eventually see a, a, uh, live action version of this but i mean i think i think a, an animated version's okay too it's a good way to start it's, yeah and you know um i don't know if you remember the end of the uh zack snyder justice league that came out um one of the things that batman had said throughout that and he said it in the uh, other one too but you know he's been having these dreams more like premonitions and then the things he had a dream about ended up coming true well, and then at the end of the movie, he had the nightmare sequence that was basically the Injustice storyline. So it it really left a lot on the table that there would be a, a, an Injustice movie. Or at least based off of that a little right, bit. Right, loosely based, yeah. I mean, so. Which, if anyone doesn't know, uh, evil Superman, right? Essentially. He, he goes crazy and realizes that humans are what we are, and that is sacks of shit. And he decides that he's going to rule things with an iron fist. And, um, you know, if you're on his side, great. If you're not, boom, you're dead. And no one can stop him. Right. And you know? so it's it's essentially like an incredible storyline. And so I, I feel like it's one of those things where I really want to see this adapted to movies. Like, and I, I agree that this is probably a good place to start because it can kind of be the blueprint of what it should be. Um, but I think... Hopefully down the line we'll get that because I, I have always kind of said that I'm not the biggest Superman fan because of the fact that I'm kind of on uh, the uh, Batman vs. Superman movie where Lex Luthor said, like, if you're all powerful, then you're not all good. If you're not all good, then you're all, you know, I mean, whatever the hell he said, it's like, I totally Because there's agree no consequences. Right. Not really. I totally agree with that. So, and I think that's why I like that Brightburn movie that was basically an evil Superman because it's like, that's, I feel like that's how Superman probably would be. I would have liked that movie a little bit more if they showed a glimmer of hope and they never did. Oh, yeah. He was just bona fide evil. Yeah. I was just like, you kind of just hope like eh, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. Nope. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> he was just bona fide. But I honest to God, I think that's how Superman probably would be. It would be a scary thing. And I think this is, is such an interesting story because the Injustice game, when I first heard about that, I just assumed, oh, it's a DC fighting game. Awesome. Right. I didn't realize there was this crazy story involved. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is really cool. And then I started reading some of the comics. And again, you think, ah, it's a comic based off a video game. This thing going to be any good. But it's damn good. Damn good. And um, it's such a cool storyline concept of like what, what like Superman decides. Like, no, I'm I'm the I'm the ruler of the world. I'm going to do exactly what I want. And yeah. like you said, if you get in his way, you're dead. And it's yeah. like, damn, that's crazy. But, you know, who's going to stop him? And think, and I know this is animated, so it doesn't matter. But like, think of think of how cool that would be in a live action sequence because I mean, basically the original plot is, you know, to kick all this off, 
Joker kills Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Superman's pissed that Batman never, you know, killed, well, it, killed well, the Joker. Wasn't it like if you would have done this years ago? This wouldn't have happened. Right. And so he gets pissed off. He does the deed, kills the Joker. Boom, we get crazy-ass Superman. And it's thinking of that, for one, we could have a like a, a brand new movie with, with the Joker in it, even if it is just for a few minutes, you know. Uh, and then we could have, you know, just this crazy story that could honestly probably span because it was, what, three chapters of Injustice? Five. Five? I mean, this 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 storyline could legitimately be an Avengers-style storyline where it takes place over four or five movies. Oh, yeah. And talk about epic because that would be so different. Well, it would be such a killer way to start it, you know, legitimately. Yeah. Like Joker yeah. killing Lois Lane than him killing the Joker. It's like, right. whoa. You know? Right. And so it's... I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, I, I don't think we'll see that at least for not like another 20 years. But it's also got to be one of those stories where it's it's kind of standalone because like you can't always have Superman be the bad guy. Well, but like, where do you go after that? Is he just <laughs> right. like, oh, oh, I'm good again. You know, like it's right. it's it's very standalone in that yes. regard. But yes, but definitely a cool story. I would love to see it adapted in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. DC's also announced a couple of new animated series that are going to be on uh, HBO Max, a new Batman animated series, as well as a Superman animated series. The Batman animated series involved people that did the original one from the 90s, which we all grew up on. Yeah, it it involves, uh, from the animated series, people from the the show The Batman, that was an animated series, and then it also included uh, J.J. Abrams. So, safe to say, it's either going to be really good, or those three people are going to clash like crazy, and it's going to be trash. Um, probably no in between, but I'm excited for it because I, they're talking like it's going to be more for mature audiences, not necessarily like rated mature, but they said it's probably going to not be for kids. Right. Um, which I think is cool. But in that same token, they said that they are making a a new Superman animated series that is supposed to be for kids and teens. Mm. So might be fun. Well, I know like they're making a new uh, Masters of the Universe series for Netflix, and I think they're doing a more of a kid version and a more of like a, an adult version. Okay. Not necessarily that I think it's kids couldn't watch it, but maybe it's geared more towards adults, which sure. I think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Try to hit both those markets. So I'm, I'm looking forward to all that. That's very cool stuff. For sure. Uh, we got some toy talk. Why do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. Here we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break a remain, do a bit of toy talk. Here we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break a remain, do a bit of toy talk. All right, big underscore Bane, uh, before we get into our last AEW Series 4 figure for you to kind of look over, uh, Heels and Faces has announced a couple of new signings. Last week, they actually had already announced this, but we didn't have a chance to cover it. Paul Roma has been signed to Heels and Faces from Zombie Sailor. Okay. Of course, we know from the Power and Glory tag team. He's yes. going to be kind of dressed similar to Power and Glory. So I think most people are hoping he gets Hercules too, which I don't think Hercules has actually had a figure since like LJN. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think Paul Roma's ever had a figure. Yeah. Which is crazy to think because he was always kind of all over the place. WWE, WCW, and everything else. So it's kind of crazy. But again, kind of a more obscure name, right? Yeah, definitely. Because it took me a long time to even realize who Paul Roma was. I've been sitting there racking my brain figuring out who Paul Roma was. And then when he said Power and Glory, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talented. I mean, it was actually a four horseman for a little bit. Right. Oddly enough. But yeah, very weird. And then he also signs, (laughs) oddly enough, 
Todd Pittengill. The greatest voice in broadcasting history. Dude, I love Todd Pittengill as a kid. Absolutely. I love strategy tips when he showed us how to beat Demolition Man and stuff on Sega. He's a huge reason why I have such an affection for In Your House. Yeah. I mean, dude, he was at, he actually made those shows exciting. Yes. He he added cuz he was on all the recap shows. I don't remember him doing like play by play, so he was always kind of like the backstage announcer, mm-hmm. but he was always like excitable. Well, like, and he was in the crowd, he'd interview some of the crowd, talk to them. I mean, it was like fun. Like he made the shows fun. I, I agree. And so he, and he also is a guy that Paul Roma too, but he fits in with that Hasbro era. Yeah. And so, like, if this, like, the LJN, they made all the managers. Hasbro didn't. So, Todd Pettengill fits into that that market for sure. Definitely kind of crazy to think. Like, even he, like, he posted it on his Instagram and put, like, a laughing emoji. Like, they're actually making a figure of me. Like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's that's kind of cool, though. Get your money, Pettengill. I'm all about it. You know? I mean, I, it's, I, I'm probably not going to buy it, let's be honest. But, like, right. I think it's cool for him because I know there's a lot of people who probably will buy it. Oh, yeah. Todd Pettengill? Are you kidding me? That's yeah. amazing. Such a such a fun such a fun addition to the uh, to the uh, zombie sailor line, and uh, now we have our last AEW figure. This, of course, is Matt Hardy. He was in Series Four, which I felt like they kind of got that one out there very quickly. They did. Whoa, he's got a translucent head. Or it's yeah, a bust. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the it's like the uh, oh, the Vanguard thing. I see the drone. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty damn cool. I you know what's so interestingly enough, like with the broken Matt Hardy character look which he's not really even doing that anymore but i feel like that he's he's money matt now (laughs) now he's money matt which i actually like that one too but but i feel like you know mattel made a few figures in that style yes but i feel like jazz wars actually is better looking in my opinion yeah the only thing i don't like and i know it's not jazz wars fault it's matt's fault i hate that red streak yeah in the hair yeah i liked the blonde like the red to me just looks so weird um but yeah, I mean the figure itself looks great, and I like I said, I love the accessories they got going on. Mm-hmm. The two extra hands, I think it's cool. The I mean the jacket looks great too. I mean, yeah, but yeah, they did a great job on it. So good job. Yeah, like I said, I was I was very I was kind of surprised that he came out so quickly. Like they really got that. But I mean, it makes sense because they, I think they want like a recognizable face on the pegs. Sure. For the casual fan, and you know most ca- most big time fans of wrestling are going to remember Matt Hardy, and then. That kind of does legitimize the line, same with Chris Jericho or Cody Rhodes, people like that. I would like to compare this Matt Hardy to like a Mattel Matt Hardy and see side know, by side. Yeah, see which one I think is better. Um, but but standalone, it looks amazing. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a, a really cool looking figure. And Series Five has been shipping. I haven't got a notification from Ringside yet, but I'm hoping to get mine soon. Yeah, I haven't gotten a notification either. So I'm. Uh, I'm did you order the whole series? Uh, no, I just ordered uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Scorpio Sky, and uh, Frankie Kazarian. So I didn't get Moxley or Hangman. Okay, so yeah, all I ordered was Luchasaurus. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get those. They showed off images for series six as well. I don't know if you saw those or not. But the only two new figures like the only two new figures are Sheeta and Jake Hager. Yes. Jake Hager also has a chase, which kind of looks the chase actually looks a lot cooler, I think, but um not not the best wave. I I felt like it was just like kind of like their redo wave of getting more like more, a new Jericho, a new MJF, new Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think this will be where we start to see some sitting on the shelf. Could be. Yeah. Could be, and uh, I hope the unmatched waves are supposed to start hitting soon. So hopefully, now it's May. It's end of May almost. We start seeing some new figure reveals before too long. How well do you think that uh, Jake Hager is going to sell? 
being his first figure and AEW moving so quickly, mm-hmm. I think it will probably sell pretty well. I think so. You think it'll sell well just to maybe complete um, the faction? Yeah. Um, the, the inner circle, maybe? I, again, AEW, the one thing that they're proving is they don't stay on the shelves. And, and here's a story. I was in Target about four or five days ago, and I saw a random Ortiz on the pegs. Mm-hmm. So that means Series 4 hit. Yeah. And that means all of them were gone, except that one Ortiz. Yeah. And then I went back three days later, and it's it was gone. gone. Yeah. So they move. Yeah. Um, I, I have heard, like, from Travis Fowler, he has a Target that's got seven Rehos on the peg. Really? To be fair, that was an ugly-ass figure. It was, but that also tells me that they might have gotten seven cases of AEW figures. Right. And so they've sold seven Orange Cassidy's, or you know what I mean? So that means that the other ones are moving, yeah. even the Young Bucks. Yeah. Reho, being a female figure, I feel like those don't don't move as well anyway, and then that figure was probably the worst one they've ever produced. Mm-hmm. Sheeta looks a lot better, though. Yeah. I feel like they kind of recorrected. I, I got to say, you know, it is really cool to sit back and think, that AEW kind of cherry picked all these indie stars and turned them into like money makers. Absolutely. Like I, I think of like Orange Cassidy is one. No of like one the, I didn't know who that guy was at I, that first pay per view. I, I legitimately literally heard when he was announced for that pay per view, that initial pay per view, that was when I was like, Who's this guy? And then I started seeing clips about him. I was like, Oh, this guy's kinda cool. He's got a funny gimmick. And it's freaking amazing to me that they took all these guys who literally were probably making like 300 bucks max a night and turned them into megastars. Cause I bet dude, if they're selling orange Cassidy figures like crazy right now, I bet he's doing so good financially. I think his t-shirts have been some of the top sellers on pro wrestling tees for months. Yeah. That's just, that's really, I know, I know I give AEW shit, but like things like that are really effing cool because they took a lot of people who were probably maybe not struggling, but probably like not making. They that weren't great stars, of a living. right? They probably weren't making that great of a living off wrestling, and now they are. And I think that's great. Well, and I, and I think they've done a good job of of taking so many different people and kind of start making them household names. And yeah, like, and like I feel like it's kind of been a slow burn on some guys, but yeah, I feel like the more it happens, the more we'll start to see guys really kind of break break free. Santana and Ortiz. I knew that they were like the LAX guys from Impact, but I didn't know them. Right. I didn't know who and they that, were. Now we do, yeah. Now they have figures. You know, yeah. like, that's awesome. Uh, Sammy Guevara, I knew him as like an indie guy from Texas. Right. He's got a figure. Yeah. He's in the inner circle. You know, it's like he's a big deal. Like, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Well, anyway, man, we, uh, we're going to round out some uh, PHPW <laughs> talk for May the Fist Be With You. It's coming at you soon, man. Yeah, you got that rundown ready for me? Uh, what, what kind of rundown <laughs> are we talking here? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to fax it to my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so May the Fist Be With You is coming at you live in six days when this drops. Six days. And so we're going to recap our main event of the evening, Breaker. You ready for this? Let's do it. The PHPW Championship is on the line as Jordan Zeilinger challenges once again for the PHPW Championship against Travis Fowler. Is Tier 1 ready? I think the question is, is Jordan Zeilinger ready for Tier 1? Because Tier 1 has been ready. Well, that, that's the thing. Jordan will have to be ready because obviously he was the first ever PHPW champion. But Travis, I feel like, is becoming the guy synonymous with the PHPW title. Yes. He's held it for such a long time. He could be the longest-running champion. I'd have to check the record books. Absolutely. And um, we also have the Tag Team Championship on the line. 
But we don't know the opponents yet. We don't. Because we still have one more tag team match in the Twisted Tag Team Turmoil or the Wild Card Tag Team. Turmoil. Only thing we know is that Fully Posable is defending against a random team. Yes, and that's that could be a good thing for Fully Posable or it could be a very bad thing for Fully Posable. I think it's a bad thing for Fully Posable and the fact that they have no idea who they're facing. Like it, That's completely up in the air. Mm-hmm. And these two guys have nothing to lose. Whoever they are, they have absolutely nothing to lose. I, I I could see new champions being crowned. But again, Fully Posable has been such a dominant force in the tag team division. Yes. It's anybody's game. They will have one day of preparation. Exactly. We will find out this coming Friday who the challengers are going to be. And Fully Posable will have one day to prepare. I'm excited. And so we will find out. I'm excited for that match as well. Uh, then we have a Triple Tango Tornado tag team match. For the uh, number one contendership. Absolutely. Wreck My wreck my Podcast, uh, Cam and Joe, will be facing High Level Enterprise, Jack Gamble and John Webb, and doing the favor. We got a couple of we got a, a couple of former tag champions in that. Yes. Wreck My Faction, I think, is kind of on that edge. They're trying to make a name for themselves. Could be their night. Could be. And then we also have the Die Hard Championship on the line. As Kreger from Wreck My Podcast will face Mike the Cleaner. And I believe Craiger won a match at uh, our, our last big event to get this. Yes. So this could be a huge opportunity for him, but I, for one, would not want to be staring down the ring from Mike the Cleaner in a diehard championship match. Absolutely not. Then, Breaker, GBM versus Dobro. Dobro. Yeah. He's uh he's not the the same Dobro that we know. He's not that super positive guy right now. He's kind of uh, I I'm gonna say he's maybe gone through a metamorphosis. Is that a correct term? Maybe. Um, and all I all I know is when he said the words "You reap what you sow," there was there was a little uh, flicker in his eye that you know maybe wasn't wasn't exactly a, a good flicker. You know. Uh, yeah, I could see that. So it'll be definitely be an interesting night for GBM, who, uh, you know, he's the terror that flaps in PHPW, but let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So we also have the King of the Mountain Championship for the first time ever to be decided, Breaker. So now this this title is only defended in eight-man battle royals. Yes. Oh, man, that's quite a sweet prize. It's a little bit better than being first in line in catering. <clears throat> a little bit better. You get a 14-pound uh, little, little belt to walk around with. Uh, we got uh, Big Chuck taking on Bill Benis. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Versus Dmitry Alexandrov versus David Thomas versus Eric Barker, that SLB versus Freakazord versus Ricky the Roper Rex, sorry. And uh, versus Pyro, also of Global Wrestling Extreme. Uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to make my prediction. And it's not going to be who you're thinking. Are you ready? Pyro? No, Freakazord. You think for, I don't know. There's, there's the, something likable about the, the guy. He's a he's a weirdo, but the, come on. This is the great thing about this championship, and this this is probably going to become one of my favorite championships, dude. Me too. Because literally anybody can win this. Yes, and it's and it's not. There's like very little skill involved. You don't need to pin anybody. It is a chance game. I yeah. mean, it's the likelihood whoever wins this will be the first ever King of the Mountain champion. Yes, which is history making for sure. The likelihood of them defending it in the next event is like one in a million, I think. Well, one in eight, I guess, legitimately. One, yeah, one in eight. But again, if you're walking in the champion, you got a target on your back. Absolutely. Everybody's going to be gunning for you right away. So I'm excited to see that match, and I'm, I'm excited for that championship. Um, the next one we have, the number one contender match for the title of your choosing. But I heard it on um, 
Uh, Tales from the Estate, Drew Bensel, he already said he wants that PHPW championship. He's had it once. Of course he's going to go for it he, again. He wants to be the first ever two times. So we got Drew Vinsel versus Elvis Aliaga. That'll be quite a number one contenders match. Elvis Aliaga is another guy that's been right on the cusp of winning that title. And yeah. Drew, there's been some controversy with him. Elvis Aliaga, fun story about him. He won the Re- Resolution Royale. I mean, he won that entire match. And then he went on to boss fight to challenge for the title. Absolutely. Did not get it. It was so close. But it was a very good matchup. Um then, of course, we have the Gatekeeper Championship on the line. Ethan Chambers getting one more chance at the Gatekeeper Championship up against Soda Hunter. Soda Hunter, I believe, just won that title. He did. and so he's. But, again, no rest for the wicked here at PHPW. Definitely not. You uh, you, you win a title, you will defend it. That's the way it goes. And Ethan Chambers, I would not want to be facing him right now because I know he's got that uh, his sights set on winning that title and being the Gatekeeper Champion. Dude, momentum's on his side so hardcore. I mean, we... We've had two um, uh, Chef Special Battle Royals. Right. He won them both. He won them both. And so we decided, you know what? We're, we're going to retire the match. Yep. He's the reason why. And so now he gets his opportunity to Gatekeeper Championship. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I'm very excited for it, too. Um, I think that'll be awesome. So, you know, good luck to all our competitors of PHPW. It'll be quite a night. A new champion guaranteed to be crowned. Yes. Every other title on the line. It's going to be a great night. May the fist be with you. May the fist be with you on May 29th, 8 p.m. 7 Central. Don't miss out. Don't miss it. Big underscore Bane, it's now time to announce our competitors for the best fictional pro wrestling from movies or television. Are you ready? I'm ready. So we're going to do a um, kind of a draft. We'll go back and forth. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first here? Uh, You can go ahead and go first because I cannot find it. There it is. My first pick in the tournament for the best fictional pro wrestler, Jimmy King. Oh, Jimmy King. From Ready to Rumble. Um, WCW champion, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, my first pick, this is hands down my favorite favorite wrestling movie of all time. And uh, that is Nacho! Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. My nephew's favorite wrestling movie of all time, too. It's such a, such a beautiful film. It's great. It's definitely great. Uh, well, next up, I'm going to go with um, probably Tier 1's favorite wrestler. Uh, he was uh, he was in Spider-Man. Yep. He made a rap song about it while well, he insulted Hulk Hogan for being Mr. Nanny, and I'm talking about Bonesaw McGraw. Yeah. Played by Macho Man Randy Savage. What a What a name. Fantastic name. Bonesaw is ready. All right. Well, my next pick breaker is uh, this is this is a little outside the box. I'll say that you know, and and I think I, I think that's good to have one, one at least one that's outside of the box. All right. My next pick is Kid Muscle. Kid Muscle, of course, yes. he was from the animated show Ultimate Muscle. Absolutely. He was actually kind of like the flagship of that show. Would you not agree? He was. And that's why I went ahead and picked him, because he was probably the most notable character. Definitely. Um, well, I'm going to go with um, <laughs> one that was a, a immediately brought up when we announced this. The Revolting Blob from Billy Madison. Okay. He was supposed to pinch my leg if he ran out of air. <laughs> well, my next pick is uh well, we we've already talked about him on this show breaker and that is Captain Insano. Amazing. 
course, played by the big show, Paul White. Yes. That's now six. We've got two more spaces open. Uh, I got to go with this one. Thunder Lips, the ultimate male. Thunder Lips. I was going to pick Rip, but I mean, that's, Rip was essentially Hulk Hogan. Thunder yeah. Lips was more fictional. I, I don't know, dude. I liked, I liked, I like Rip way better than I like Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah. I mean, rip him, brother. <laughs> so, so, like, why why not just be Hulk Hogan in a WWE type movie? I don't know. He even had the WWF title. It's, it's so, so weird. weird. It yeah. made no sense, yeah. Well, um, I guess the last guy I'm going to go with, just because I don't have anybody on my list and I'm blinking, um, a little bit more serious-toned wrestler. I'm talking Randy the Ram. Randy the Ram. Randy the Ram Robinson from uh, The Wrestler. Yes. Played by uh, Mickey Rourke. Um, pretty solid uh, Pretty solid list. So to go through it, we have Jimmy King from Ready to Rumble. Mm-hmm. Nacho Libre from Nacho Libre. Bone Saul McGraw from Spider-Man. Kid Muscle from Ultimate Muscle. The Revolting Blob from Billy Madison. Captain Insano from The Waterboy. It's two, re- two Adam Sandler movies, oddly enough. Thunder Lips from Rocky Three And Randy the Ram Robinson from The Wrestler. Yes. Got any uh, early predictions here? I'm going to say it's going to probably come down to, um, I don't know, Bonesaw McGraw or Jimmy King. That's probably who it's going to come down to. That's what I thought, too, unless they happen to be seated against each other. But that's kind of who I thought as well. I don't know. Captain Insano, man. He's a sleeper pick. Yeah. I figure let's if we're, if we're going to uh, seed these, I mean, I figure – Jimmy King's got to be seated number one. Yeah. Bonesaw McGraw's got to be two. Captain yeah. Insano's got to be three. Um, then I would probably put Thunderlips at four. Right. Randy the Ram, five. Yep. Revolting Blob, six. Nacho, seven. And Kid Muscle, eight. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I, that's kind of the way I would seed those. So, I mean, then again, you know, I, I'm thinking Kid Muscle's eight, but like, we don't know how many people are ultimate muscle fans. Right. I mean, it or could, just fans of the muscle figures. Right. And so who who knows? But uh yeah, that's the tournament. That's going to be a that's going to be a fun one. I'm excited to dive into that. So, we'll hopefully get that started next week. Uh anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? You know what? Let's just uh let's just plug it up. It's time to plug it up. So, if you guys enjoy this show, definitely check out other friends of the podcast including the Fully Posable wrestling figure podcast it drops every sunday just like this show with our buddies jeff and scott over there and our buddy scott also has drunk wrestling history absolutely he does so a great show as well uh doing the favor with eric and barry dropping two shows every week yep. super fun show definitely one you will enjoy yep the positively pro wrestling podcast with steve and eric a nice uh retro look at the positive side of pro wrestling which is always a lot of fun the Ringside Rant with RJ. Check out that show. The Leisure and Lariats podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Elite Eight Showdown with old Big Chuck and Tim. Got anything uh, positive to say about either of those guys? You want to know how I know Big Chuck wants to die? He's actually challenged me to a fight and said to bring you along to fight. Well, why? Like, why would I be there, though? To fight. So he wants to fight me too then? He wants it to be him and Tim versus me and you. That's what he said. He wants to die. Well, apparently. So. I haven't powerbombed anyone in a while. But yeah. I, I mean, I definitely could. Yeah. So shoot, Chuck. If 
Feel bad for you, bud. Well, a lot of people may not know this. I did a shotgun drop kick at a show a couple of weeks ago. And the guy's paralyzed now from right. the neck down. Yes. Yeah. Drinking, you know, pop tarts through a straw. Yeah. Which don't taste right. I can tell I, you that, I Big would, Chuck. I would love to. I mean, I, like, here's the thing. All jokes aside, I think Big Chuck is a, a great, great human being. Yeah, I love the guy to death. But I really want to punch him in the face. Just once. <laughs> just, just But once. I mean, I really want him to like held still yeah. and just rear back and just like yeah. right in the chops. You, you like... You want him to look you in the eyes. Yeah. Look you in the eyes. You take it like a man, Big Chuck. Look me in the eyes. No, nope, close just, your eyes. And it's just like that slow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Right in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, check out also uh, Boot to the Face. And then uh, Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there. Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. Tales from the State with Drew Vinsel and his mm-hmm. wife, Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, Drew told us, told me he really enjoyed our uh, top five office episodes. Yes. Because we kind of took a, you know, a play from their, their format of the top five. And he said, I had, I don't think I can narrow it down to top to the top five. And I was like, that was actually really hard to do. It would, it would, it essentially ended up being was just the first five episodes I could think of. Sure. It, Probably, I, I will stand by the list though. I, I still feel like some of the ones I, I mentioned were really funny. Well, me too, but like it's it's one of those things I feel like if I was actually watching the series, I'd be like, ah, oh, that was a really good one. I look at The Office not more as episodes, but more as moments. Yes, because oh, there's yeah, yeah, so yeah. many funny moments. But if, if you were to ask me, hey, what was the episode where Dwight found the red cord? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I know oh, that idea. was a cold open, too, right? Exactly, yeah. but it's like there's a lot of that, or like those little moments when uh, you know. Michael says something about worms and Creed chimes in there and he's like, you're paying way too much for worms, man. Yeah. Here's your worm guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. So the little, there's always those little moments that are just funny to me. And I got to say this, uh, he was, they were talking, they did their, not this week, but the week before last, they did their top five pizza joints. Ooh. And <laughs> he made it a point to say, Bane, if you think I'm going to have Papa John's on this list, you're sadly mistaken. Oh, snap. He with Bainsky. Papa John's isn't even on my top five list. <laughs> Well, when he says pizza joints, is he talking like? Because I feel like we only have chains around here. Well, we we okay. We have chains, but then we also have some that are like Andalini's and stuff. We have Andalini's, and they they are on my top five list. If I had an, if I had a, top have you ever five had list, a, a Stavastanos or whatever? It's Stavastanos, called? yes. That's they're not, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, very uh, thick pizza. Yes, and see, but I like the thinner pizza. Um, so my number one would be Hideaway. And see, Hands down. I, Hideaway would be on my top. They got a pizza there called Da Bomb. I don't think you would like it. No. But uh, have you seen it before? I, I've heard of it. Dude, yes. They got a freaking like balsamic drizzled over it. Shut your face, dude. <laughs> it's so damn good. See, I'm it's, not the most adventurous pizza guy. Yeah. You're pepperoni, whatever, you know. Oddly enough, a friend of mine at work the other day got a uh, hot and ready pepperoni from Little Caesars and they yeah. didn't cut it. I'm just folded up like a taco. I mean, hell. <laughs> it's like it's really hard to eat pizza when they don't cut it into slices. Because <laughs> he's like trying to tear it and stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, they. Uh, I mean, Papa John's wouldn't make the list. We have chains here that are way better than Papa John's. The sure. only thing I like at Papa John's are their breadsticks and the cheese. See, and I, that's I, why I, I that's do, why I keep talking about. I it. do like Papa John's, but I don't know if it'd make my list either. But that's also not because I dislike it because I don't have it that often. Well, right, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I think of. Pizza joints for me, it's like Domino's, Mazio's, Simple Simon's, Hideaway, Andalini's. Dude, Minuteman. 
I don't. I've never really liked Minute Man. I know it's a local. Get out! I know that's a local <laughs> joint, dude. It's so good. You have I, to have the thick and chewy though. See, but I don't like thick. And, I don't like oh, thick pizza. It's so good. I don't. I. I'm, I'm a thin crust kind of guy. I'll do original sometimes. Their thin crust is too thin. Is it like cardboard? It's like eating it like on a cracker almost. Oh, see, I don't like that. See, Their thick I'm and chewy is almost like it's almost perfect. I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of Mazio's thin crust either because of that. Like, so I don't. So I don't get thin crust. I'm right. more of a hand toss kind of guy. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. I like regular crust too, but I, I'll do regular or thin. I can't. I cannot do thick crust. It's way too much bread. But um. But yeah, I mean that that would be essentially my top five is those. But double or nothing's coming up, which I plan to order, and that means pizza. Oh yeah, that's always that's always my go to. Yeah, pa- for sure. Pay per view and pizza. Yeah, and some wings. Absolutely. But yeah, dude, tails. That makes me hungry just talking about pizza. Yeah, Gosh, stop dang. talking so we can get out of here. Too bad Umberto's isn't open. No. Give me some tacos right now. No, thanks a lot, Bill Benis. Son of a bitch. Uh, of course, also uh, follow at the art of Jason Wolf and check out his podcast, Howling with the Wolf, and all the cool stuff he's doing, like custom figures, sketch cards, mm-hmm. artwork, amazing stuff over there. Absolutely. Uh, pulling up a chair with a chair shot, another great show. Yep. As well as uh, the Nerdy Laser podcast, which is kind of going under a, uh, a bit of a change. Uh, Night of the Nerdy Laser, more horror based, which Ooh, I think is kind of fun. I dig that. Yeah, for sure. Some news on that will be coming soon. And then, of course, wrestling comic books, if you like those, Grapple Hold by our buddy David Thomas. Yep. To Be the Man, Evil Ain't Good, which you can find on Amazon or Comixology. Grapple Holds on Amazon. And then, of course, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Tales from Planet Wrestletopia, which yes. is on uh, Comixology as well. I think it's also on Amazon. Yeah. And then, of course, our other podcasting projects. You know it's fake, right? With me, Brian Breaker, dropping every Monday this coming week. My guest will be Eric Brown from Doing the Favor. Nice. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, we've, you're a couple episodes in, man. No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. I know you're enjoying it. You're loving every second of it. Oh, God. Shoot me in the face. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been fun because now Bill's getting getting back on track. Back to basics, you know. God. He just recently had the learning tree. Oh, yeah, I heard. And, uh, you know, that was fun because, you know, he taught about nothing. Yeah, because uh, he's a cause blithering he idiot. He doesn't know anything. But, uh, yeah, it's good times. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I honestly don't even remember. He said something about how, you know, you shouldn't, you should never call it, you know, you should always call it in the ring, never talk about your match beforehand, and you should be disrespectful to the other wrestlers, tell them to shut their face. And- I, I couldn't imagine doing a podcast where you go in and tell the basics that make no sense, you know, to people. Right, like, right. good Lord, yeah. you'd look like an idiot. Yeah, and so that's... Uh, Especially when you don't know what you're talking about. Right. And that's Bill for you. He does not know what he's talking about, but he pretends that he does. You know, he's an 18 year veteran for like the last five years. I've met a few people like that. Have you? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, I also have another project, uh, the TB Toy Cast with my buddy Travis Fowler, where we kind of are diving into older toy lines. This week, um, this past Thursday, we dove into WWF Hasbro Series Mm 1, which is a lot of fun. Uh, all of Bane's music you can find on uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your tunes. Yep. And then, of course, uh, our Patreon. If you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash BBPH. We have four tiers available with all kinds of great bonus content if you choose to do so. Absolutely. We even got the weekly uh, adrenaline on there. Absolutely. If you need a little bit more PHPW in your life, it's a way to do it. And, and adrenaline, for uh, people who maybe haven't watched since it was on regular YouTube, we got ourselves a new set, you know? Uh-oh. We, we uh, got ourselves a new little stage ski. So we're looking looking fresh and clean up there in that adrenaline. 
Oh, awesome. And then, of course, uh, Average Panda Gear and Outsiders Beard Co. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, all of our T-shirts are available. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker. BBPH.RedBubble.com. WadaManeuver.net. Search by store for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. And Big Underscore Bane has a shirt store there as well. Absolutely, he does. And uh, uh, Word on the Street, Bill's trying to figure out how to get one himself. I don't know if I should help him out with that or yeah, not. Yeah, let's not plug his T-shirts yeah, ever yeah. under any circumstances. I don't, I don't know if I should help him out. That guy sucks. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. So lock the cage up because this is a takeover. The wait's over. If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back on my feet. I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck, so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good, it was really good Pretty good That son of a bitch, Eric Barker You son of a bitch I can't dig it, Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.